give me the the Rodrigo Lopez uh, MVP chat. Give me the give me the pitch. So right off the bat, you've got the four goals by the assists. He's got the headline numbers that if you're getting into double digits as a midfielder, that's typically the sweet spot for, okay, you can sell it publicly as this guy has the case. And then when we're talking about the on-off impact where it's the most valuable player who is bringing the most value to their team, who's the most important in the context of the tactics their club is trying to run. And Lopez is so vital to what Sacramento is doing for the reasons we enumerated. But um, think about the press, for instance, in front of that amazing Republic back line. Keko is going to be very active, roving around, getting in your face. Ditto for Douglas or Martinez or whoever is its striker. Lopez can do that, but he's so smart positionally in how he defends, where he'll close you down at the exact angle to deny a passing lane down the middle. He'll sit back a little bit deeper to do the same thing, deny those lanes, and support the more aggressive teammates. On today's episode of The Breakaway, presented by Los Rios Community College District, John Morrissey, USL Tactics, joins us to talk about a lot of different things. One of them being the case for Rodrigo Lopez to be the MVP of the league so far and for him to lock that award down, what he will need to do in the remaining third of the season. So excited to talk to him. We also hit a bunch of stuff uh, around the Western Conference where Sacramento's at in the standings and how they match up against the various teams around them in the table. One thing I wanted to mention before we get to John Morrissey, Sacramento, another come-from-behind match where they get points so far this year. They've gotten five wins from behind. They have 18 points coming from behind. So this is a team that we talk about resilience. They did it again on Saturday. Obviously didn't get the three as they would have wanted, but the ability to come back, not hang their heads when they go down a goal is something that is impressive. We talked about it with Devin Kerr last week. That makes them very dangerous in single elimination games. The ability to come back from being down a goal, and obviously this team, as we've seen in the Open Cup run, is pretty comfortable being in single elimination matches, which hopefully will bode well for not only the Open Cup final, but for the USL playoffs coming up later this year. All right, brief thoughts, and we will get to John Morrissey coming up. Soccer fan, student, and graduate. The Los Rios Colleges want you to be all three. American River College, Consumers River College, Folsom Lake College, and Sacramento City College are now enrolling for the fall 2022 semester. With flexible class schedules, free tuition for most students, and support services, you can graduate and get a career in no time. The Los Rios Colleges understands you may have a job and family obligations that can make attending a college challenging. That's why they offer flexible scheduling options to meet your needs, including full-term and short-term classes, evening and weekend options, and classes that are fully and partially online. To learn more, visit losrios.edu forward slash apply. Grow your business with Citizens Business Bank. Since 1974, Citizens Business Bank has created banking relationships by focusing on their customers and helping them achieve more for their businesses, their employees, and the communities they serve. Choose a team that can help you achieve your goals by visiting cbbank.com to learn more. Citizens Biz Bank, member FDIC. Visit our friends at VJB Cellars in the heart of the Sonoma Valley and feel as though you've stepped into an Italian piazza. Taste award-winning Italian varietals, enjoy authentic wood-fired pizzas, 
and finish your visit with a scoop of gelato. A perfect way to spend your day. And only a quick 90-minute drive from Sacramento to a slice of Italy in the Sonoma wine country. Visit vjbsellers.com or give us a call to plan your visit today. Back by popular demand, John Morrissey at USL Tactics on social media, on Twitter, uh, covering pretty much everything in the soccer world. Uh, John, every time I'm on Twitter, you're doing about five different things from writing to podcasts to everything. So we appreciate you taking the time to chat with us today. Yeah, always a treat to be on here. And you're right that I stay busy, but always fun. Yeah, it can't be too bad, right? You're. Uh, it seems like you're having a good time with it, which is always awesome. Uh, I want to. I want to start with a few things. You were tweeting um, um, on Saturday night during the uh, the draw against uh, RGV, which, by the way, you have to stay up on the East Coast super late for those games, right? Yeah, there's honestly nothing I hate more than an eight o'clock Pacific start for those Republic games, but they make it worthwhile at least. I got to find the stat, by the way. I was going to talk to our comms people to see if they could pull it, but how many comebacks this team has had where they've gone down a goal and either come away with a win or um, at the very least a point. It just feels like the resilience of this team and the ability to score late has been such a huge, huge factor um, for this club. And, and I wonder if um, if that's something that you are seeing as well, and especially as you look into like when we come to like playoff time or even um, as we look down the road to the Open Cup final, how important that ability is for this team to have and how much more confidence that gives you um, in a team to, when they go down a goal, not be that uncomfortable. Yeah, I think it's doubly important because it shows how good it Mark, Mark Briggs is with these in-game adjustments where he can pull that correct lever to really get Sacramento into these games again. Um, I think a lot of times when you have a defense first team like the Republic is, they kind of lose their form. They're not able to keep up the defense if they're chasing a game. And that's not true of this Republic team. They can go down a goal, stay solid, and rely on the fact that they've got the talent to go and get one. And come playoff time, that's going to be vital. Um, we're going to get into something you talked about on Twitter here shortly. And this is what I'm excited for our fans to hear. But I want to ask this question before I get there. There is a seems to be a drastic difference in when Rodrigo Lopez is on the field and when he is off the field in terms of uh, the creation and the ability for Sacramento to get chances. What are you seeing that those two differences are when he's on and off? Where's the, where's the gap there? Sure. So when he's off the pitch, you still have talented guys. Think about Ezekiel Lewis and Emil Cuello who have the capability to create in the final third, let's say, but then they're not providing that linkage deep down the pitch that Rodrigo mm. Lopez provides. Say that you've put in Nick Ross instead. He's going to be doing the thing, recycling the ball lower down, getting back defensively, but he's not providing upfield what you get from Rodrigo Lopez. So the way that he combines both of those skill sets and then has this tendency to always know when to drift into the box and score an amazing late header, for instance. You don't get somebody who does it all, and that's what makes Lopez so special. You made the case on Twitter that uh, we have to start talking about Rodrigo Lopez uh, being a candidate for MVP this year. I know the league has put out you know, Mitch Tainer uh, recently a lot uh, about him being a possible MVP candidate. What 
what makes you think or what give me the the Rodrigo Lopez uh MVP chat. Give me the give me the pitch. So right off the bat, you've got the four goals, five assists. He's got the headline numbers that if you're getting into double digits as a midfielder, that's typically the sweet spot for okay, you can sell it publicly as this guy has the case. And then when we're talking about the on-off impact where it's the most valuable player who is bringing the most value to their team, who's the most important in the context of the tactics their club is trying to run. And Lopez is so vital to what Sacramento is doing for the reasons we enumerated. But um, think about the press, for instance, in front of that amazing Republic back line. Keko is going to be very active, roving around, getting in your face. Ditto for Douglas or Martinez or whoever is its striker. Lopez can do that, but he's so smart positionally in how he defends, where he'll close you down at the exact angle to deny a passing lane down the middle. He'll sit back a little bit deeper to do the same thing, deny those lanes, and support the more aggressive teammates. I think someone like Tainer is excellent. He's obviously one of the best defenders in the league, and he's got some goals off set pieces that really bolster the case. But he's not as crucial to what San Antonio does. He's a little bit more replaceable, whereas Lopez brings one of the most unique, complete skill sets there is. And I mean, I think it's safe to say the Republic wouldn't be where they are in the Open or in the USL Championship without him. Let's talk about where Sacramento kind of lines up right now in the standings. Um, and I know you put out your power rankings, which, you know, are kind of a week by week, but I would imagine power rankings, right. Are different from, Hey, I feel this team has a better chance to do this, right. It's just more of mm-hmm. who's had more recent success. Um, so let so Sacramento right now sits in fifth, uh, obviously a big win against New Mexico last Wednesday that really, uh, put them in a good spot to try and leapfrog them on Saturday. Uh, New Mexico lost. Sacramento Druth, so they're a point out, but a game in hand over them and Colorado. I'm wondering if it, it seems like, yeah, my light just went out in here. Sorry, I was waving. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it seems that uh, Sacramento now in these next couple of weeks could have a good opportunity to not only leapfrog New Mexico in the fourth, which is super important because that's a home playoff game in the first round. But when they play Colorado at home, and and I think in two weeks, have an opportunity to possibly jump over them as well. Are these is this next couple games so important for Sacramento to do those types of things? And do you think, as of right now, they are a better team than both those teams? If we're talking purely on form, there's not a doubt in my mind that Sacramento is better than both of these teams. Colorado Springs really jumped out of the gates this year. They were scoring goals for fun. They were getting it from multiple players. And they've sort of reverted back to kind of their 2021 style where you're going to give up a lot of goals and you're relying on Haji Berry to do the thing or else you're not getting much offense. New Mexico, sort of the same thing where, again, they started nicely. They went on this run where it was a lot of, one goal wins and the underlying like expected goals numbers were not high on what they were doing. They've been a little stagnant offensively. They've had some injuries, whereas the Republic hardly lose a game anymore. If we're being honest, they always come out and look solid, no matter which 11 players are out there on the pitch. They're just in a little bit of a better form. And if I was a betting man, I would say that they would probably be my favorite for third place. But again, you do have a slight bit of ground to make up against the switchbacks. So that game in two weeks is going to be really the big decider for can they 
go the distance and do the thing. It's going to be interesting for sure. Um, especially as we get into, into playoff time, because San Antonio is a juggernaut. San Diego has been just electric the past couple of weeks. Um, I want to ask you this. We talked, we had Devin Kerr on last week. Um, and he, we were talking about if Sacramento could figure out and get their number nine really playing well, whether it's Douglas Martinez, Malik Foster in a spot where they're scoring goals consistently, that they're the most dangerous team in the league, right? That they're basically a nine away from, from being, you know, maybe the favorite, maybe not in terms of points. Um, but just overall, is that, do you, could you agree with that sentiment? Do you disagree? What are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I just talked about Haji Berry. If this team had a forward like a Berry who could drop 20 goals for fun and completely create offense out of nothing, that's a complete luxury in front of the defensive structure that the Republic are bringing out. There aren't many Haji Berries and that's why he won the MVP award last season. So I think if, like in the past week, I'm thinking back to that uh, game in New Mexico where Douglas Martinez got the goal late on, picked his spot. If you can get that level of consistency, I think that Sacramento is in the title conversation because the playoffs are such a defense first, slow the game Mm. down, try to get a goal sort of competition that just given the baseline competency can get you to that elevated point. And I think Sacramento is rapidly reaching that level of play from their number nine. And I totally agree with Devin that getting an elite player at that spot would be game changing, but you don't necessarily need it. Interesting. I like that. That's good to know. That's a good, good counterpoint. Uh, Let's talk about your best 11 that you have right now um, in the league. I think we had two Sacramento players in that group. I think it was Dan Casey and Rodrigo Lopez. Um, And I mean, could you make the case that really any of those center backs for Sacramento, Lee Desmond and Connor Donovan could also slide in? Like it's almost a by committee type situation, but what, uh, give me your thoughts and let's run through your, your best 11 real quick. Yeah. So, I mean, just starting at the back, uh, Jordan Farr from San Antonio in goal. He's been really good. They're a team that gives up a lot of shots, not the highest quality because of the way they defend, but they're reliant on good goalkeeping to kind of shore things up and let them do what they do on the counterattack and in the press. So for me, he brings the most value to that side. Um, uh, Sacramento, well represented at the back for me. Uh, Dan Casey, first and foremost, I think he is maybe the most active of the three defenders Mm. in that Sacramento system. And you're totally right that I could put any of Desmond Donovan Casey in the team and feel 100% confident about it because they all are so crucial to what this side does. And I did ponder uh, Desmond as an option there, but I had to give love to the other center back, Mitchell Tainer, who we've talked about a bit already. Um, I had Connor Maloney from San Antonio also in there. He is really just an end-to-end excellent guy. He's comfortable on either flank. Uh, He presses so high up the pitch, but always is back with that great work rate. On the right side, I had Johnny Dean from Birmingham, one of the fastest players in the USL, so dynamic offensively. You can knock his defense maybe, but he more than makes up for it in attack. Uh, Moving to that midfield, Rodrigo Lopez kind of leading the way there. Um, Fellow MVP candidate Alejandro Guido from San Diego, also in the mix. 
everything I've said about Rodrigo Lopez is kind of what Guido brings to the table for Landon Donovan's side. Uh, I think he's excellent to watch, really skillful. In terms of those wing spots, I doubled up on Tampa players, Jake LaCava and Leo Fernandez there. It's a little bit of a cheat because they play farther forward, but I think they both have great cases. And Tampa has been the best team in the East since those two were slotted in with consistent starting spots. They both score goals for fun. They're really excellent. And then to finish off with the forwards, Haji Berry, who we've talked about a lot, and then Milan Alaski. The interesting thing with him is that Orange County is dead last in the West, but he's still leading the Golden Boot race. He's the kind of guy where he creates offense out of nothing. He's more of a right-footed player, and then two weeks ago he goes and gets a banging left-footed goal, just like a thunderbolt from distance. He does it all. He's quick and dynamic and smart, not as physical as you would expect from the star strikers of USL seasons past, but every bit is technical and really skilled. Well, <laughs> I think it's one thing that's really interesting too, is um, if you look around the league, right? There's so much, so many good teams, man. Like the Western conference is crazy. Phoenix was dead three weeks ago, four weeks ago. And now they're fighting for a playoff spot. Orange County was the title winner last year. They won the cup and they're in last place in the West, but they're not dead in a sense. I think Monterey's won four or five. Yeah. It's crazy. It is so crazy. So consistency at the top has been what's really impressed me about San Antonio. They just are really, really solid. And San Diego, like we mentioned, has been hot. Um, if you ever a betting man, who would you bet on to win it all right now? Uh, if I had to pick one team, I'm don't I'm be scared. biased. Don't be biased to us. Don't don't do that. You no, know, I would I would say I would have said San Antonio, but I'm really scared after that three nothing loss to San Diego. Yeah. I think they showed if they go down a goal, they're in trouble because they're not as strong when they have to commit forward. Um, I, I'm going to show a little bit of bias in a different direction and go with Tampa, who I did some scouting for last year. Uh, the Rowdies are so good in defense. They've got Lacava and Fernandez. The secret weapon there is that they don't have Sebastian Guenzotti scoring goals at all. I think he's got one on the season. And over the course of uh, 19, 20, 21 seasons, he was the cumulative leader in goals in this league. If you can get him going, that offense is taken to another level. And they're still amazing even without that contribution. Mm -hmm. uh, what is like? How many goals do you think Roro has to get to be firmly in the MVP candidate. Does he need to get into double digits assists? Does he need to get to 10 as well? Does he need a 10 goal, 10 assist season or are we a little, does it need to be closer to eight each? What, what are your thoughts there? If he goes 10 and 10, it's a lock. I think that's a oh. crazy profile, but yeah. what he's sitting on four and five right now, we're at about the two thirds mark. Yeah, man. I think eight and eight is enough. And even then he still got, he could, not score a goal or assist on another goal for the rest of the season and everything else he adds in possession, setting players up with those hockey assists, what he brings right. defensively, the set pieces, that would be enough to keep him in the conversation, which I think is the beauty of Rodrigo Lopez's game. I think it's tough because, you know, he's what, 34 years old. Yeah. We got that open cup game, which means there's going to be some times he's going to get rest ahead of then. Um, and they're going to be resting him probably near the end of the season as well. We don't want to run up the mileage too much on him. So 
I think it might be tough for him to really put up insane stats this final third just because of what's uh of what's going to happen with the amount of games. Obviously, we've mentioned many times on this podcast, Sacramento made sure or set up the chance to have a deep open cup run by putting in buys where they could get full week's rest. Um, and that's, you know, kind of, I guess you could say come back to bite them a little bit, but really this last window, they've performed really well, which is incredibly exciting. Uh, finally, I, I want to ask you this. So single elimination, right? Changes everything when it comes to playoffs. I know we're a ways away and we'll definitely have you on before playoffs, but is there a team that you are thinking maybe if it wasn't a single elimination style game, you would be more confident and you kind of mentioned San Antonio, but is, does, does that sway the way you feel about any certain teams one way or the other? Yeah, I'm thinking first and foremost about Birmingham in the East where they are very streaky in terms of their offense, but they've got a great center back pair, a great goalkeeper. When push comes to shove, I think that they can play that sort of bunker in the back, nab a goal because you've got offensive talent, but maybe not the most tactically put together group of offensive talent. So just ride it out on the defense and do the thing. You end up being streaky in the regular season because you're experimenting, trying to see if you can get that offense clicking, right? If you just come in with this mentality of we're going to be warriors, we're going to sit back defensively and just nab one and get this win, it's a different kind of ball game. And I think they have the personnel to do that, but they don't have the impetus in the regular season to go that route. And I think um, if I was thinking about the Western Conference, that might be more of the conversation with uh, Colorado Springs, where they're going to give up three goals because they're just going all out trying to get uh, Haji Berry and Michi Galina and Elvis Samo involved. And I think actually I'm going to argue against myself where they don't have the defense in a single game elimination format to do the thing. So those would sort of be teams that pop to mind when I'm thinking about that dynamic. It's going to be interesting, especially in the West. Uh, I feel like the East, the, the, like you mentioned, the top Tampa Bay, Louisville, they're, they're pretty solid. I would be shocked if they go out early. Um, but in the West, it feels like it's going to be up for grabs early. Like getting that first round by for San Antonio is is massive because the team who's going to be in seventh is is no slouch. So it's going to be fun. I mean, this is starting to get into like the most fun time of the year, right? I mean, it's obviously not playoffs, but if you think about like the ebbs and flows of excitement around the league, it's like, obviously, you know, the first couple of weeks, super exciting, maybe a little bit of a dip down time. And now this, this road, to playoffs, if you had to, um, if you had to pick two teams to fill out those final two in the West, who, where would you, uh, where would you go? So you got San Antonio, San Diego, Colorado, New Mexico, Sacramento, probably not going to say it for sure, but probably it, in the playoffs. But um, what about those final two spots? I think it's hard to deny Phoenix at this point. And I know that everyone in the USL sphere was kind of taking joy when they were taking their lumps and suffering a little bit. I was, I definitely was, but they have rounded into form so nicely in defense. Uh, they've made some smart personnel choices. Ben Lunt is doing really well in goal. They feel like they're going to figure it out enough to get one of the spots. I'm between Las Vegas and El Paso. If El Paso was healthy and kept their roster together on a consistent basis, they'd be the pick, but they haven't shown an ability to do that. 
Las Vegas has the caveat where in a given week, their two best attackers could get called up to MLS just because of the affiliate partnership. But I'm going to go with the lights to get in there. I think Danny Trejo is brilliant. And they are so compact, so smart, and well put together defensively that they can still grind out results even if they are missing those attackers. And I think that's going to carry them at the end of the year. It's interesting. It's going to be fun, man. It's going to be fun down the stretch. John, uh, thank you so much, my friend. USL show coming. uh, You're going to have USL show what? I think it's – what's today? Today's Monday. You got USL show what once this week, and then we got USL Tactics show on uh, coming up later this week as well, right? You betcha, both things, yeah. You're a busy man. Thank you so much, sir. We really appreciate it. Of course. Our thanks to John Morrissey for taking time to jump on the podcast. We will have a player interview, maybe even two, later this week. Uh, excited for you guys to hear that. That is coming up on the breakaway. Please let others know about this podcast, especially if a few episodes you like. We really appreciate it. Saw a lot of good feedback from the Devin Kerr pod as he was fantastic. I hope uh, people also enjoy John Morrissey, which I'm sure they will. Thank you so much for your support. We will see you next time on the breakaway. And as always, go Republic! Go Republic!